Welcome to the Advancing Women Podcast, where ambitious women come together to challenge the status quo, advance their careers, and up-level their lives. The Advancing Women Podcast is hosted by gender equity expert and executive coach, Dr. Kimberly D. Simone. Welcome, warriors, to the Advancing Women Podcast. Author Rachel Hollis states in her book, Girls Stop Apologizing, a shame-free plan for embracing and achieving your goals, quote, it takes years for a woman to unlearn what she was taught to be sorry for, end quote. So this episode is not about not taking responsibility when we've done something wrong. It's not about confusing confidence with being over-conceited. It's about not being undermining. And to undermine is to lessen the effectiveness, power, or ability of a thing or person gradually or insidiously. And this insidious, gradual subtlety is something we need to be really mindful of. No one is suggesting that we remove apologies from our repertoire. Apologizing when you've done something wrong or make a mistake, being accountable is great if what you have done warrants an apology. But even then, often once does the trick. We don't need to keep reinforcing the mistake and over-apologize. And a lot of this comes from the prove-it-again bias, whereby women are expected to prove their competence over and over. And so that can lead to feeling like we just can't make a mistake, that there is no room for error. Because as the research shows, our mistakes are noted and judged more harshly and remembered longer. And so we can work on big, bold stretch projects. And of course, mistakes are part of being on the big stage, but we begin to feel like any mistake isn't okay. And so there's this beating ourselves up, this negative self-talk, and the resulting over-apologizing, which can ensue. Over-apologizing, deflecting compliments, using undermined language, things like, does this make sense? Or I think when you actually know, can serve to undermine our expertise, authority, and competency. Williams and Dempsey's 2014 in-depth research study of over 150 high-performing women in leadership uncovered this key piece of advice. From these highly achieving women, one message was clear. Don't apologize when you haven't done anything wrong. And especially if you feel you are in an environment where your competency is unfairly challenged and your mistakes are noticed and remembered. To be clear, this is not about expecting women to not be nice. It's about using the knowledge in hand to be more intentional in how we express ourselves in ways that help women to show our leadership, our competence, and that we are trusted authorities, experts on a topic or in our field. This over-apologizing and deflecting compliments is a habit that women have been conditioned over time to engage in. And like any habit, it can be kicked with intention, mindfulness, and commitment. I was in a conversation the other day with ambitious, powerful, successful warrior women, and this was the center of the discussion. One woman said, one thing we're not doing as women is ending sentences with things like, if that makes sense or if that's okay. And others chimed in with how they have been implementing strategies to kick that habit. And one woman said, I always check my emails and remove undermining words like just and only. But there were others in the conversation who argued that it is polite to double check to see if that person who you're speaking to understood your comments. And all of us agreed with that. But there are nuances that have an impact on how our commentary will be received. 
There are very real patterns of bias that feed into the unfair and inequitable, but no less subtle and potentially harmful impact of this type of language. Neuroscientist Tara Swart, an author of the book, The Source, Open Your Mind, Change Your Life, says serial apologists mostly do this out of habit. And she goes on to say how apologizing when we have done something wrong is a real strength, but compulsive apologizing presents as a weakness at work and in personal relationships. And this isn't fair, but it is our problem. The research is clear on this. Confidence, when exhibited by men especially, is often conflated with competence. But then there's this prove-it-again bias, whereby studies show how women are expected to prove their confidence and value over and over, while men are often acknowledged for not only their previous contributions, but also for their potential. Likewise, research has found that men apologize less frequently than women because they have a higher threshold for what constitutes offensive behavior. In studies, men rated the offense, the behavior, or the mistake as less severe than women did. And these different ratings of severity impact judgments of whether an apology was quote-unquote deserved. Also, research supports gender conditioning over time whereby women are expected socially and culturally to be nice, supportive, team players, and most importantly, to make others feel comfortable in order to be liked. We are conditioned to have the apology or deflecting of a compliment be a social lubricant to ensure that others, namely the group in a position of power, feel comfortable, that their feelings are not hurt, so that the power group doesn't feel threatened. Because making the group in power uncomfortable can have long-term negative professional capital consequences for women. Consequently, then, and unsurprisingly, research confirms that women are more concerned with being liked, especially at work. But before we easily dismiss this with, hey, don't worry about being liked, worry about delivering, which is the message we so often hear, we have to acknowledge bias patterns that show that not being liked can be a real barrier to women's advancement and that there is this tightrope bias, that is, women navigating the balance or tightrope between being seen as confident and being likable, where it is not an either or for men who are more easily perceived as both likable and competent. And this, again, speaks to severity of judgment. The research shows that when men in power of leadership roles are curt or even a bit rude in their communication during busy times, it is judged less harshly than a woman doing the same thing under the same circumstances. So, of course, we feel a need to apologize more because the behavior is viewed unfairly as more egregious. Our mistakes, even minor missteps, are judged more harshly and often seen as more egregious. So our waters as women are certainly more difficult to navigate, and we have to be mindful of this. Too often, because of unconscious gender bias, women are weighing two unfair, less-than-ideal solutions. Over-apologize so we're more likable and make others more comfortable, but then we risk undermining our authority and competency. And we give the other person more reason to weigh our error more heavily and to be remembered longer. Or we don't apologize and risk being seen as impolite, not nice enough, not likable. And this is all to say that I in no way want to downplay the complexity of the situation. But given what we know about this cultural complexity, the double bind when we do make a mistake, the argument I'm making is don't then also apologize when you haven't actually done anything wrong. We're already behind the eight ball, and this can be insidious and harmful over the long term. 
And this is an important mindset shift as we navigate and transcend barriers. It's about shifting from the thinking that you have to change who you are as a person or that you can't be nice or you shouldn't apologize or accept personal responsibility. And that isn't at all what this is about. It's about understanding that there are a host of biases and inequities that negatively and disproportionately impact women. And so it benefits us to be intentional and mindful in our communication, to interrupt negative patterns that don't serve us. And it's also about our tool set, right? The vocabulary, the right words and responses, the self-awareness and mindfulness of the power our words have, and how subtle nuances of vocabulary and word choice can impact our impact, how we present. This, again, is about eyes wide open, responding with intention in ways that serve us with knowledge in hand. We have to begin to notice how often we apologize. Some experts suggest keeping an apology journal to really see and understand if this is a problem. Do you find yourself saying, I'm sorry, all the time? And this also goes back to that severity of the misstep that I talked about earlier. You're a minute or two late and you apologize or over-apologize even. Okay, yes, being a little late is a mistake, but we can give it more weight than it warrants. Instead of apologizing often and over and over, could we instead say, thank you for waiting for me? or thank you for your patience. Thank them for their positive response versus over-focusing on your minor error. It's shifting your mindset about what is often minor, everyday, low-impact mistakes that everyone makes. Too often, we as women absorb all of this. Let's talk about situations where we're apologizing for others. You accidentally bump into someone at the grocery store, or worse, they bump into you. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. You sneeze in the middle of the meeting, I'm sorry. You come to the crossroad and rather than saying, go ahead, you say, I'm sorry, sorry, go ahead. You don't have to apologize because you and this other person ended up at the same corner at the same time. There's a Pantene commercial that highlighted this and I'll include a link to that short video in the notes, but I can almost guarantee when you watch the ad, it will feel familiar. It opens with a woman in a meeting at work and she's challenging the viewpoint of a male peer, but does so saying, I'm sorry, can I ask a stupid question? Another woman walks into her boss's office and says, I'm sorry, do you have a minute? Another woman is sitting in a waiting room and a man sits next to her and starts to encroach her space on the armrest. And she quickly moves her arm out of the way, makes herself take up less space and says, oh, I'm sorry. And this goes on and on. And sure, it's an advertisement, but boy, does it feel familiar. Two people begin speaking at the same time. Not only does the woman say sorry, but then it's, no, 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 you go ahead, sorry. And this is polite. But when we know that as women, research shows that we are more likely to be interrupted, we have to be careful, mindful of how this habit, seemingly just being polite, can result in us having less voice and a seat further back at the table. So the message at the end from the Pantene ad is, quote, don't be sorry, be strong and shine end quote. And I know people will say, sorry doesn't mean you're weak. And it's not that black or white. This is about understanding that what we say and do is contextual and not the same for everyone. So with that knowledge in hand, we can make subtle choices, shifts in our mindset and tool set, habit changes that can serve us better in the actual world we live in. I love the utopia of gender equity, the idea of fairness and equality, a world without unconscious bias, without gender bias. But the research and the outcomes for women in terms of top leadership positions of power, pay, and prestige confirm this is not the case. And so it's not our fault, but it is our problem. And transcending 
to get to those positions of power, our rightful seat at the table will help us to make the changes we need at the systemic, societal, and organizational level. I read a recent Forbes article titled, How Women Can Stop Apologizing and Take Their Power Back, and it really affirmed what I'm suggesting, that the first step is becoming more self-aware. We need to notice how many times throughout the day we apologize. We may be surprised at how many times we use the word sorry without even realizing it. See if you can identify how often you're using the word, the triggers, like certain people or situations that may cause you to over-apologize. Begin checking your emails to see how often you use the word sorry or other undermining words like just. We can remain thoughtful and polite while being mindful of the power of our word choice. After explaining something, you can say, does that make sense? right? And you may do this because you feel like it is important to ensure the person you are speaking to understands. That's not necessarily a bad thing. But does that make sense suggests that maybe what you have said does not make sense. So why say that? Why not say something like, do you have any questions about that? Again, that apologetic language, does this make sense, can unintentionally suggest two negative things for women. First, it implies you might not make sense or you aren't communicating well and causing the other person to not understand. But also, it can make the other person question whether you believe or are confident in what you're actually saying. So that is something we want to avoid. And we can do so and still be polite and thoughtful. We must be mindful of when we are consistently using apologetic language where we can easily and with little backlash replace the word sorry or other undermining words with appropriate less undermining words. For example, you need someone to send you a report instead of, sorry, could you send me that report? It's just, could you please send me that report? Please replace this sorry and allows you to be polite without being apologetic. Because sorry, can you send me that report suggests on a subconscious level that perhaps your request is annoying or some kind of sacrifice on their part, and that doesn't serve you. How about replacing sorry, I won't be able to make it that day, which is apologizing for having a life or other things going on versus unfortunately, I won't be able to make it that day. Replacing sorry with unfortunately is a word choice which is polite and suggests you would like to but can't versus apologetic like you're doing something wrong or asking for an accommodation and not attending or partaking. You missed what someone said in a meeting and you say, I'm sorry, could you repeat that? Absorbing the blame for not hearing something when others might be talking or the person said it low or without clarity, whatever the reason. Sorry suggests not hearing what they said is a mistake on your part versus an everyday occurrence in a meeting. You can replace sorry with excuse me, super nice and polite. Excuse me, could you repeat that? And again, apologizing over and over when you're late versus thank you for waiting. It's about small, nuanced changes, strengthening your toolbox in ways that serve you. And I reiterate, this is in no way about not taking responsibility or not being nice. This is about acknowledging barriers and bias patterns that exist and can hinder women and how seemingly small behaviors and habits can subtly minimize your presence and your contributions. If we are more intentional in how we express ourselves, it can help interrupt unfair biases and reinforce that we are trusted authorities with competence to lead and lead well. And this quote from the Forbes article I mentioned earlier says it very succinctly, quote, having enough compassion and humility to apologize is an invaluable trait. It's not a matter of eliminating the phrase, I'm sorry from your vocabulary, but to only use it when it's warranted. Don't apologize for things that are out of your control. 
And this is really critical. With time and effort, you can say goodbye to over-apologizing and hello to reclaiming your power. And the other side of the apology coin is deflecting compliments. Here again, we must be mindful of the research, the knowledge we have in hand that often women's success is attributed to luck or good market conditions, while the opposite is true of our mistakes, which even when resulting from poor market conditions or factors outside of our control are conversely seen as confirmation of our lack of fit or belonging or as lack of competency. And research shows the exact opposite is the case for men in leadership, whose accomplishments are more likely to be attributed to talent and competency, while mistakes are more easily explained away. I'm not saying this happens all the time, but statistically, there is a gender gap in the way successes and mistakes are perceived in organizational settings. So this is about mindset, skill set, and tool set to transcend the inequities and the research that shows that how we respond to compliments matters more than we think. Author Amy Morin wrote an article titled, 13 Things Mentally Strong Women Don't Do. And one of the things was, quote, mentally strong women don't downplay their success, end quote. Now, that sounds empowering, but I'm not sure I agree. I actually do think mentally strong women, like many of the warriors listening here, have been conditioned to believe that we have to minimize or downplay, lest we be seen as overconfident, conceited, obnoxious, or any kind of threat, because there can be real backlash when we bring that confidence and ambition. So again, not our fault, but it is our problem. What we do know from the research is that whether it's on social media, professional platforms like LinkedIn, in professional meetings, or in everyday conversations, Countless research studies show women minimize their achievements. One of the biggest ways and most consistent ways we as women downplay our success is by deflecting compliments. Rather than accept that someone likes what you're wearing or appreciates your kindness or the job you've done, women often turn the attention away from themselves. In a recent Inc. article titled Women Only Accept Compliments 40% of the Time, the author notes how there are three common ways women deflect compliments. First, responding with a return compliment. No, you're amazing. Second, minimizing the achievement. It was nothing. And finally, attributing the success to others. It was really my coworker or the team who deserves much of the credit. You get the idea. It may feel and sound like you're being humble or kind, If we think about it a bit differently, though, we may be able to respond in ways that are actually more respectful and kind, but also serve us well. Consider the mindset shift to recognizing that when we deflect, in many ways, what we are saying is, I don't value your input enough to take it seriously. And perhaps most importantly, when we deflect compliments and kindnesses, we rob ourselves of enjoying the journey. The small things that make us feel good, valued, and appreciated. We need to cultivate the habit of relishing in the kind words and feedback of others. So I'll say this to you, something that's sort of a mantra of sorts that I say often to myself when I'm inclined to deflect a compliment. Don't sell yourself short and don't devalue the other person's perspective. Because when I think about it that way, It makes it easier to consider the benefits, not just to myself, but to others in accepting their compliments and positive feedback, accepting kindnesses because we are all worthy of those kindnesses. And this is a simple habit, but one that can be challenging for women. So I will challenge myself and all listeners to try this simple step. Adopt this habit. When you receive genuine compliments, 
try responding with a simple thank you, period. You may feel uncomfortable doing so, especially at first, but don't give up. Eventually with practice, you might even be able to say, thank you. I worked really hard on this, so I truly appreciate your acknowledgement. I promise this will make you and the complimenter happier, and it will subtly reinforce you as a person who delivers excellence, which is an image of yourself that serves you in so many ways, both professionally and personally. Everything we focus on, mindset, skill set, tool set, is about interrupting a status quo that doesn't serve women's success and advancement and creating systems to help us transcend barriers and thrive. Shifting from subtle undermining habits to habits that serve us is something we can impact every day in small ways that can add up. So warriors, here is my manifest statement this week, my key takeaway. Remember, your ideas are brilliant. Your questions are insightful. Your work is excellent. Your critique of the status quo is likely spot on. This episode isn't about not being nice or being overconfident or cocky or unapologetic when we get it wrong. It's about interrupting behaviors that have understandably emerged as a result of bias that subtly undermine us as women. It's about ensuring we aren't using words, engaging in habits that result in us not having the impact we can and should have. Keep the niceties, but eliminate the it's just, and I think maybe the actuallys, the I'm sorry, the I don't want to take up a lot of your time, and I just think when really you know This is about standing behind what you say and getting comfortable in your power, rejecting making ourselves smaller or watering ourselves down to make others more comfortable. Get comfortable taking up that space, our rightful seat at the table where we belong, where we can transcend and thrive. For more resources, you can visit my website, www.advancingwomenpodcast.com and connect on Instagram at advancingwomenpodcast. I love getting your feedback, so please email me at drdsimone at advancingwomenpodcast.com. I just want to thank Joe Jacobs, the audio warrior who wrote the music for this podcast, and a huge thanks to Heather Harris, the creative warrior who designed the Advancing Women podcast logo, and thanks to all of you for joining me here today.